Welcome everyone to another week with your host Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW, Licensed Clinical Social Worker, and Harav Nissen over here with us in the studio. Always great a pleasure having you. I would like to start first with a Mazel Tov and tell everyone that we are happen to be live now in the afternoon. Generally, we're on in the evenings, but due to a beautiful simcha in the family of my very special cousins, Svika and Judy Zucker, marrying off their daughter, Esti, to Ellie Lichtenstein last night was a magnificent, beautiful simcha. And that's why we are doing it today, and we're thanking everyone at the J-Root Studio for working around with us to have us here, and especially for Avnissen to be joining us. What a pleasure. So I want to say Mazel <laughs> And I want to say Mazel Tov to Rabbi Shama and Odaya Shama as to the marriage of the son Yaakov and Esther Shama. Tonight this will be there. Oh. And I won't be there, so this is like a, a good opportunity. You know, we're running in between the schedule. Baruch Hashem, Hashem. Baruch Hashem, what a beautiful time. And just a quick mention to all the cousins that came in from Eretz Yisrael, that it was beautiful. So to... Ruchi Yundif, to Tzviki and Yafi Rosenthal, to their children, to Esti and Dovi that came in, and little David, to Yechiel Tzuka, to Sari Halper, and to their daughters Esti, and to their little David. Welcome to the US of A. Enjoy, Chaparain, and we love having you guys here. The family is different, the air is different, and I'm different having you guys over. So welcome, and Merit Hashem, we continue sharing Simchas by us and all of Klai Yisrael. The number to call in with your question and comment is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And to text your question or comment is 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. And please just be aware that we will be taking, we always take the callers, the voice callers over the texting. But a pleasure to have everyone on and looking forward to taking your questions, comments, thoughts, and opinions. Harv Nissen, who do we have on we have uh, Miss K. Miss K, you're on with Mordechai and Nisim. Hello, is this me? Yes, it's you. Okay, hi. First of all, you, and a great part of me coming on the line today is your credit. Oh, wow, thank you. Can you share about that? Um, I listen a lot to your phone line. Yeah. And what credit is there? What for coming on the line? You're going to ask a question. You have the confidence to come on. What what part? Yeah, yeah. Um, you gave me the permission to make a mistake. Ah, oh yeah, I'm good at that. <laughs> good. So let's go yeah. ahead. Let's when hear I your was question. In school, uh, mistakes was like a no-no. No mistakes. That's right. Mistakes were always the worst thing in the world, and you do that, life's got to end. Yeah, but now it's much better. My daughter has a teacher that's teaching this, that you can make a mistake. Uh, Yes, I see that a lot. Schools, teachers, Rebbeim, they're all starting to enforce the concept, the theory. You're allowed to make mistakes. Mistakes are part of the growth. And it even goes more than that when we start looking at the Svarim. We start seeing in order to reach success, you must go through mistakes. As we see even in this week's Parsha, in Vayigash, now with Yehuda coming over, stepping up to the plate, it's all about that the Svarim, the Medrash brings down, about how we've made mistakes. And because Yehuda was able to say Tzad come in many by Tamar, and now he's able to say again, we made a mistake, but we need to still move on. That is the koyach that we see that the Svarim bring down. Mistakes are a very Jewish concept, and shuva is even a greater concept. The Rambam brings down, there's a lot of you say this about the, the koyach of tshuva, but we got to realize tshuva means making mistakes and then clarifying. Of course, not the kavana, we're not going down that line. Great, so let's go ahead. What is your question or comment? 
Um, I have a comment on what you said on the phone line on number 329. Oh, that's, um, the, wasn't that today? Or that was, no, that was yesterday, two days ago, yesterday. yes. Well, let's share with everyone mood. what the comment was. What was the, I was sharing a little personal. Yeah, I'm focusing on the part that um, you said you were being in a bad mood. Yes. Okay, so I recently heard this um, concept, and I heard it from three different sources. So it's interesting at the same time I heard it from three different places. Yeah. Um, so the concept is that on a physical level, we all need food, sleep, and cleansing. Yes. And on the same note, we don't know, most people don't know that, is that on an emotional level, we also need food. Beautiful. And the food for um, emotions is using our talents, compliments, satisfaction, love, creativity. Beautiful. And the cleansing is the writing, singing, giving out the emotions, feeling emotions. And now to my point is what is the sleep? With emotions. Sleep is very, very important for the emotions. Of course. It's the recharge. David Amalek says it. Be'er of Yolam Bechi. We say it in, in, in every day. At night, I go to sleep crying. Be'er of at night. Yolam Bechi, go to sleep crying. And in the morning, I wake up happy. Again, right. the Midrashim bring down, it's talking about a lot more in Olam Haba, Olam Haza, but we're just, let's just take it to the simple concepts. Our yes, brain. So this concept is that our brain the needs sleep. to recharge. We need to shut down yes. and turn on again. Yeah, so yes. being in a bad mood is the sleep for our emotions. Interesting. I don't know if I would go that far. Yeah, I heard it from three sources. Wonderful. Excellent. I'm glad you heard it from three sources. I don't know if I would give permission to be in a bad mood and to stay there. I believe bad moods are need to be processed, worked out a different way. I don't know if I would say being in a bad mood, let's just stay there. No, we don't stay there. As soon as we accept it, Oh, no, no. Okay, so let's rephrase. So Okay, so I would like to change that concept that bad mood is an awareness that things, but sleep is healthy. And it's part of the process. Being in a bad mood is there's something, it's a trigger. To me, bad mood is telling us there's information our body, our brain is telling us, and we need to identify what that is. Sleep is actual shutting down and letting the body regenerate itself. That's my difficulty with your, with wherever sources you heard it from, their concept that they're saying bad mood is like sleep. That means we need to go into that all the time, and that's part of the healing process. I have an issue with that. No, I don't say you need it all the time. It just, when a, a person is using his emotions a lot, like is always on a high, then the emotions need to rest. And being in a low mood... Low and bad mood are different, are different energies, are different concepts. I would agree with you. In a low mood, yes, that's quiet. In fact, we've got a text where someone says, can an extrovert ever be an introvert? Can an introvert ever be an extrovert? And of course, the answer is yes. You can be very extrovert. You can be very outgoing. But at the same time, you will need time when you're quiet. And that's why many times, once big Baldar Shanam, after they give a huge drasha and thousands of people there, and they're alive and they're energized, they're not able to speak to people. Many times you'll notice they just like get whisked to the back door because they just expanded so much emotion, so much feelings that they need to go to the quiet. But notice quiet is not bad mood. That's what I meant to clarify. 
Yeah, I mean the low mood. I don't mean the so bad. So let's, let's use the word quiet instead of low because, again, low gets – it's complicated. See, when we use common words as a therapist, I notice that many people take them very differently. And even in my therapy – so I'd like to use the word the quiet mood. See, even people that are very emotional, very energized, they need then the quiet stage. That word I feel is good. Low, bad, these are words that people might take in different terms, in different contexts than you mean. But the information, I agree with you on that level completely. All right. Thank you for that information, actually. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Now, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks about denial. The last couple of weeks we've been talking about denial, how people are living in a certain level of denial. I got a beautiful email or poem this morning at 735. I'm going to read it to you. Coming out of denial is like getting eyesight after being blind. Coming out of denial is like realizing you are driving the wrong way after many, many hours. Coming out of denial is like your best friend smacking you in the face and laughing. Coming out of denial is pain that can cause me to almost go insane. Coming out of denial makes me want to not live, realizing that my entire life was a lie. Everything I thought was light is really dark, and all... I thought was guilty is really innocent, and those I judged as being selfish were truly loving. Coming out of denial is very hard, and all I could say is, oh well. At least I'm not 103, I still have many years left where I see things easily. But for now, I don't know how. I'll ever be okay, but I'm sure there's a way. It's about taking one minute at a time, one small step when trying to climb. I have to be easy on myself, clearing out my past off the dusty shelf. Hopefully it'll go well. However, only time will tell. And this is someone that is breaking out of the denial process, and the growth that they are doing is really amazing. I'd like to read to you one more letter about denial and people getting out of it, because we've created a mission for the last two, three weeks about people recognizing that they are in denial and some of the signs to know when you're in denial. When you're in denial is when you're blaming everyone, especially if you blame the Rabbanim, Chas v'shalom, especially if you're blaming parents. You're busy blaming and blaming and blaming. You know you're in denial. And one of the most important ways, maybe you are in a difficult situation, but you're in denial when you don't see the word I and me. And I need to get better. And I need to take self-care. And as we had that last caller say that just like the physical food and the physical break that we need, we also need an emotional and taking care of yourself. So if we don't get taken care of that, we get stuck into that. Yeah? All right. Who are we going to take next? And we'll read a couple of questions as we continue going. Um, Mrs. L, you're on with Mordechai and Nissim. Hi. Thanks so much for your show. And thanks. Um, even more for doing it at this timing this week because it enables us to call from London. Yes, it's interesting. We still get calls from London, but of course, once it's eight in the evening, you know, we get much a lot fewer callers. Maybe once every few weeks, you can do it this timing. It's. I'll tell you, we've well. we're there. Jared is so nice with us that they've changed around the schedules. There are people that we're supposed to be speaking now. Like it's it's not that easy to switch every other week because there are so many people that made the switch for this, and I appreciate everyone. There are Nissen and Aaron and. And the speakers that were now that were able to be flexible for us. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, I had a mouse in my kitchen. And I don't know if the word trauma is too strong to use here, but 
it was pretty traumatic for me. And um, even though a few weeks have passed since then, whenever I see something moving or I think I see something moving, I quite literally jump out of my skin. And I feel like it's really affecting my day-to-day life because, for instance, I won't go into the kitchen myself, even one of my children. I just need someone to make a noise there or first thing in the morning. Um, I'd, I'd like my husband to go in first just to check that everything's fine. Um, how do I get over this trauma and just move on? So your question is that you had a traumatic experience. You saw a mouse in your house, and I could just imagine what was going on over there when you actually saw that mouse. Um, but And you want to know, like, what simple tools can you get over it because it's affecting you that you won't go there in the morning alone unless your husband checks it out first. And then even with your, like, you wouldn't, you'd only go in if you've got your kids there. Let yeah. me ask you a question. Is this the first thing you ever got really afraid of, or do you find yourself afraid in general of things? If there's um, anything, creatures, creatures, creepy crawlies, anything like that. Yes, really but what like... about in general, like in Eretz the tragedy in Harnov? What about fears about things like that? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. It's not very pleasant to hear about it, and it's very sad. But it didn't tragic, cause you trauma or fear. Scared. It didn't cause you trauma or fear. And what about if you hear that no. there's any other accidents or something happening in England? No, I'm fine with it. You're fine with that too. Okay, so the main issue is creepy as uh, creepy creatures. How long are you afraid of creepy creatures? Um, probably since I was born, because I inherited it from one of my parents. Beautiful. You've already gone ahead in this way. I didn't even have to go, and people always go, you're always blaming the parents. So first, let's recognize what you're saying and why your question. Again, we'll take this for the awareness level. Let's recognize that when we have a certain program in our system and we don't deal with it earlier on, it only escalates. It gets stronger and stronger, both for the toy, for the good, and for the raw, for the bad. It's going to affect us. Now, if we've got fears, so take an example, a different program, just being later on time. Some people are always late and always on time. It gets worse and worse with the age, and those that are on time will even get earlier and earlier with time. So let's go now to you about your fear about creepy crawlers. Since you've got a fear for all the years, and if it doesn't get taken care of it will get worse and worse and all you need is an activating event so then oh, and since they're probably referring to my phone line this one, um we're getting messages it must be by me and yeah right so those that would like to know to listen to it live there is a what's the number to dial in so we have 718-506-9099 712-432-4217. Okay. All right. So let us go back now to your question. So since we know about emotions, how it works is it gets, if we don't deal with it or put it at ease, it's going to get stronger and stronger and it will affect us more and more. And especially if we've got parents that might have taught us this behavior of this fear. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Now that we got there, let's see if we can do a two-minute little help on your situation. Close your eyes, and when you think about that mouse, what are you thinking of? What's the emotion saying, not the logic? Disgusting. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. And are there other things that are disgusting? Anything with a few legs. That's not supposed to be in my kitchen. Okay. So what else, what can you do now, an emotional feeling that would just put you completely at ease? It could be that you could make a little mouse into a Tom and Jerry, this cute little thing with a smile. 
Um, okay, possibly to make it into an inanimate object. Yeah, could you change the object? Close your eyes a second, see the mouse. It's such a cutie little little thing over there. It loves cleaning everything. And all those little creepy crawlers change them to a smile, saying, Hello! How are you? Hi, good morning, Mrs. L. We took care of everyone. Everything is clean. Everything is organized. Okay. If you now picture the mouse, you picture the other creepy crawlers, how do you feel now to this cute little crawlers in your house? Possibly a little bit better. Okay, what can we do? What can we do to make it even more creative that you'll just find it enjoyable? Notice, the more I don't think the mouse can be enjoyable. The more creativity you can put into it, notice the words I don't think, and we're trying to go into the I feel. The more creativity you can put into it, I wonder what will happen. How creative can you make a mouse? A friend. Okay, great. Make it a friend. I mean, there was a guy called Walt Disney, and he turned a mouse into a billion-dollar item. Called Mickey Mouse. And there's, I should say, probably even more than that. So let's realize it's about the creativity that we have. How do you think Walt Disney felt about a mouse? Do you think he was afraid probably, of it and saw it like this? He probably thought they were cute. Exactly. And therefore he turned it into a cute item, which became Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, the, the, first, the first animated, you know, um, figures. So can you create that image of a mouse or any of those other creepy crawlers into some cute, adorable, billion-dollar image? And try. <laughs> Good. So try that now. We'll put you on hold and just make it as creative. It's singing, it's dancing, it's flying, it's, it's doing everything you want. It goes to the smedrish. I mean, whatever. Just, just make it creative. And we'll put you on hold, we'll get back to you, and we'll just tell me how you feel. The more creativity you create, the more you'll feel it. And that's one of the okay. ways we deal with emotional feelings. All right, who else okay. do we have? We have Mrs. F. Mrs. F, you're on with Mordechai and Nisim. Hello. Hi. I want to ask you, why do you always link the Yerusha energy, like anxiety, directly to a parent? Notice the word always. To me, that's a trigger. <laughs> oh, I, okay. Many so times. Excellent. So let me time. share with you a concept from Rabbi Vigda Miller. And Rabbi Vigda Miller says as follows. He says, if I know Shas, the person next to me will not know Shas. means logic does not travel. Feelings do travel. So if I have an anger to something, people around me will stop feeling angry. When I feel hurt, people around me will feel hurt. When I feel happy, people around me will be feeling happy. Unfortunately, when I get fears, and they're on an unlogical level to the extent that we have it today, and since we haven't had much of emotional awareness in dealing with it, most people that I deal with, that's why I'm not using the word all, I'm using the word most people that I deal with, when I ask them the question, how many of your parents or grandparents, we try to go back, we could almost see three, four generations of a problem. So that's why it's one of my first questions to get an idea what's happening. So imagine you go to a doctor, you tell a doctor, my chest is hurting me. The doctor will ask you, how long is it going on? Is there a history, a family of, of heart attacks or of heart issues? We're just trying to get an assessment. So it's not blame. We're not shifting onto the parents. Notice with this person with the issue with uh, the mouse, we didn't start working on the parents and say, oh, your mother or father is wrong, but we still want to know what is happening so we'll know how to treat it. Um, 
Does that answer your question? Uh, yeah, but I want to know if it can also come from friends or other people around. It uh, most certainly can, but first we try going where, if you're around a friend once in a while, it'll happen less. If you're around someone 24-7, like parents that raise us for the first 10 years of our lives, we're almost around them at all times, and they suffer from one or a certain emotional illness, very, I shouldn't say likely, but there's a higher chance someone in the family to suffer from that same issue. And where do you think it usually starts? With the parents? With their parents? I don't. We, you see, again, we're going to the all and we're already blaming and all that. It's not important where it started. It's an assessment base for us, the therapist, to understand and to help you gain awareness. But you need to make the change. So what's the difference where it comes from? And what's the difference if someone will tell me it doesn't come from my parents? Okay, so we know it's not there. It just tells me how to treat it differently. Oh. But we're not here into the blaming. I just want to clarify that. Okay. All right. Now, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Can you ask you something else now? Go ahead. Um, could you help us understand a little better the Yenta personality? The Yenta personality? Yes, like the person who always has to know everything, all the news and all the gossip. And what would you tell me? Let's. I always like shifting it to you, and I would want to hear what Rav Nissen says about that. Oh. I have a friend who's like this, and I can't understand her. Ah, oh, you're a smart person. What do you assume? I don't know, because I'm not, a, I'm not nosy and I'm not a yenta. So you're not nosy and you're not a yenta? I wonder why she has to know everything about other people. And she always has to be the first one. Okay. I think the first of all, it's the lowest thing. You know, some people want to know everything because they want to feel be- better about themselves and know that uh, the other people has a weakness and certain issue. And it's like they keep them feel that they on top of the issue and nobody can uh, trigger them. And can, they they in the control. The interpretation, they want to be basically freak control. And it's because they, they, they have a slow, you know, low imaging of themselves and then the case, the case that normally, that's what I see, normally, in my in my. Yeah, I, I would agree with everything Rav Nissen said, and I would add on. So first, I think he said two, three points over there. He said, number one, they have a low self-esteem. So when you don't feel good about yourself, you want to know what's happening by everyone else. Another point that Nissim said is that it's a protective system. If I know what's going on by you, then I also feel better knowing, okay, so problems by me aren't so bad because others have problems. When you know that the masses have problems, it's, it's an easier, it's not so bad by me. And there's another line as well that sometimes those people feel if you ever attack them, if you ever tell them something, they could go, and what about you? You also get up at this and you also did this and you did that. Oh, and they come prepared with all that ammunition, how to attack. That is definitely one of the reasons that these people are the end to nature. I would also like to shift it a bit to a positive, and that is that there are people that just, they have a curiosity about other people, and they love talking. So they have a nature where they love being extrovert, they love talking and being out, and they might have been taught that, or they find people and information so interesting that they ask so many questions, and they don't really mean to get into your personal life, which means they're curious, so what did you eat today? And, oh, did you have a fight with your husband? But they're not asking because they want to know the gory details or a yenta about your life. And if it's private, you can say, oh, it's private. They go, why is it private? I just don't want you. Okay, fine. You can ask them. Tell me about your life. 
And usually these the healthy Yenta personalities, as you're saying, they would share with you, you know what a fight I just had with my husband today? They won't keep secrets either. When they don't talk about themselves at all and about others, that's one of the signs when you know it's an unhealthy self-esteem or an unhealthy issue. When they share about their life public and they share about another one public, then, then it's more their personality. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. So I had a cute story once in our house, Purim. This is maybe two years ago, where a husband and wife came into the liver Shalafmanis, and the first time we saw them, they're married for about two years, and somehow the wife made a comment like, "Look at my cheap husband. What he gave me, he gave me a small budget. So this is a small Shalafmanis." And the husband goes, "Oh, you want to go into that right now?" And he's a very outgoing person. We're always wondering who will marry him. And then this wife. She says, and what about your cheap parents that when they promised us, and this is in front of an entire Purim Suda, and they decide to have their argument in front of everyone. Now, I'm not going into if it's healthy or not, but they're both extroverts. Usually, the bunch that makes one to marry like an extrovert and outside, like someone that's public, shares everything to marry someone that's quiet. But here, the bunch has put two of them together, and it was very funny. And that, that image still stays. How They had like a 15-20 minute disagreement in front of everyone, pouring everything out with no problem. So you want to know if it's a healthy or unhealthy yenta energy. So what's when it's unhealthy? Now what's your question about that? So the Rabbi Shalom should send them or Fu Shalema. All right. It's actually... Quite amusing. Whenever there's a new piece of news and she like suddenly pops, comes running in, and she asks all the details. So let's try the question that I hear a little bit differently. What do I do when my friend wants to know all the details and I want to keep things private? That's your question. Um. No, it's not after this. Okay. So then, what is your question? Her. I just want to understand this personality a little better. I think we gave enough information about this personality. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I appreciate your call, and thank you for being brave to call. I love Excellent. Yeah. The number that would like to... Oh, let's go back right to the one from England. Yes. You're a high. You're back with Mordechai. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I imagine there's a friend that is coming to keep me company. The mouse. How does he look like, or yeah. she look like? Um, Make very it... sweet. Bubbly person, that is, Sweet, uh, bubbly person. And it sounds so, so, so bubbly when you say it with a British accent. So there's a bubbly, sweet mouse now. Okay, now when you think about going into the kitchen, how is that? I'd have to really be in the situation to try it. But Why don't you go to the kitchen right now? Sense. Go into the kitchen right now. Let's hear how it looks like with a sweet, bubbly There'll mouse. There'll be a bit of noise in, in the background if I go into the kitchen now. Okay, we'll we'll handle the noise. We'll lower we'll lower your volume a little. But go into the kitchen. And tell me what it feels like, and imagine seeing that cute bubbly mouse. Your friend now. Okay. And how was the kitchen? It might be a bit better. Okay, give me a number from one to ten. How much? What number did it bother you before? Ten. ten. Ten was the worst. Now, when you think about the mouse with a cute, bubbly personality. Seven. A seven. So what would you say was missing in this image that we didn't get it down to a two or three? I think it's just the inborn nature that people hate mice. So. 
Oh, no, let's not do that. Let's not do that. That's definitely one way we can do that, but we definitely can get it down to a two or three. What else can you put in there? If we can change that concept, that belief that, oh, everyone's this way and it's so... Because I'll show you many people the other way. Women? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a belief. I know most women have that or a lot of women have that, but I'll show you a lot of women that don't have it. Because I tried exposure therapy. There's this program at London Zoo where you um, pay a certain amount of money and they... um, do exposure to spiders, and then at the end of the day, if, if you're still scared to touch a spider, then you get your money back, and I did get my money back. So. Oh, wow. Very <laughs> so that That's impressive. Okay, but well, let's still try this with the mouse. What else can you think of to make it so cute, so easy, so Do you think it's something that everyone wants to have? Beautiful. See that everyone wants to have that cute, friendly mouse, and you're the one. We'll put you on hold again. And I want you to imagine how people are calling you up, please, can we have it? And maybe you can even put in, more creatively, how everyone loves mice. Because when you had that belief that no one does, how about we change it? Everyone can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get the idea. We, we have to light the menorah here, so I'm going to have to put down. But okay, go I, ahead. I'll, I'll go further with this concept. I think it's really Excellent. If you'd like, helpful. after the menorah, we'll still be on for another hour and a half, probably, or something like that. Call us up. I'm curious. I'd like to get it down to a 2-3 for you. And you can also Thank get you. back your money that you invested <laughs> over here. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, Mrs. R, you're on with Mordechai Anissim. Hello, Afreil Chanukah. Afreil Chanukah. Um, I had a question regarding an eight-year-old with social ineptness. Okay. Um, he is socially awkward with crowds of people, but very okay with one-on-one. Okay. Um, his school has mentioned to me that it might be to his benefit to have social therapy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if that's really... Does it really, do you know of this type of work, that it does it really work? Or is this type of a kid that just needs to grow up? And as long as we teach him things on a normal, you know, human level, like, you know, on a day-to-day basis, is this something he could pick up? Or do some kids really need to be taught things? Um, let me just, the number to call in for those of you that would like is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And I'm looking forward to taking your question or comment. <clears throat> um, your question is a fantastic question, something that's very pertinent, I'd say, to the last five, five years even. Mm-hmm. Because social skills groups have only been developed in the from world probably the last five years, because I really don't know of any social skills groups really before that. Um, maybe some of them or Rebaim have tried it a little or some therapists have tried, but it hasn't like been officially known about social skills groups. When you say groups. I'll explain that. Social skills, either groups or Do social... you mean like out of school, going yeah, to somebody out of, specific? Either that or sometimes if they have like, say, some of the bigger schools or the more modern schools, our, our regular classical from yeshivas don't have it yet, but I could see it mm-hmm. coming in the near future, where they will be having like a therapist either on board, just like they've got the speech therapist and occupational therapists that are coming. Mm-hmm. So they started having right. already emotional therapists coming, social workers. But the next step will be they'll have groups where, let's say, social skills groups, which means sometimes just how kids sit in the class and the Rebbe tries telling them, but the Rebbe can't do it one-on-one. Sometimes when kids want to say hello to another kid, they're just so negative, so tough. There are some kids that come from certain households where they might be missing just some basic 
playing with kids, just basic interactions. Now, mm -hmm. to your question was, will people outgrow that? Of course, there's a likelihood that this kid will outgrow it. Or maybe the kid will have to read books or do it on their own when they're a teenager. But imagine you just have it in yeshiva. You could just go to someone that will just work with this kid a couple of times, and they'll get it easier earlier. And what about the kid that won't get it earlier? And then, unfortunately, later has to deal with it, and then they might even be in denial, not want to deal with it, or then we won't be able to get them to deal with it, or they won't want to deal with it. Then what do you do with it? Which means there's okay. always a risk. So, People sometimes right. ask me, should I send this person to therapy or not? And it's borderline. I go, you know something? No one knows the future. And it depends on the parent, depends on your feeling. Trust your gut instinct. I always tell the parent, trust your gut. However, okay. unfortunately, I get kids many times where they're 10 years old or 11 years old, and because the yeshiva told them for two, three years, or the school told them for two, three years, get help. And then sometimes the cases are very serious. Many times I even have to recommend medication for like severe anxiety. And little kids, and I go, Why? And I don't say little kids, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, and, I, I, and I'm not someone that I push medication, but sometimes it's very severe. So I would ask you, how is it affecting your son? Is he playing at recess with friends? Does he have friends? Do kids he make fun of him? He does have friends. Mm -hmm. Kids do make fun of him. Mm -hmm. um, I only know what I'm being told because I don't know what goes on in school. I only know what I see at home. He does have... Um, there is a certain delay. I'm not saying delay in a real way. I'm saying like I do see a difference between him... And another child who's eight, let's say. But I, I chalk it up to immaturity. And he was always a challenging child, so I'm not sure what else there is. But the school is offering a one-on-one -on -one therapist, right. not a group, not a class. Mm -hmm. Meaning he, they would just be working with him one-on-one, -on -one, which I don't see any benefit from that. Okay, let's clarify. Why don't you see a benefit in that? What do you think they're going because to do? Because he does great one-on-one. -on -one, and they always call me and they tell me he's so brilliant and he's doing so he does so well so I let's clarify see... that information so the information that you're saying is because he has an issue in groups and you see if he'll go to a one-on-one -on -one therapist we won't be addressing they won't be seeing his issues in groups. that's what i'm thinking so yeah. let me give you some information i work with many people that they're not in the situation when they're in my office that's true. What we do is we have the person, if he's verbal and expressive and aware, or <clears> if not, then we have the Rebbe say, okay, when you're with your friends, you act like this and this. I want you to act that way in front of me. Now I want you to act the way you're going to act, or the way you act in front of me when you're one-on-one. -on -one. I want you to act that way. Imagine there's a whole group there, and you do something called a role play. Okay. So there's and a the eight-year-old is able to... You can do role play with a four-year-old and up. Okay. Yes. But if he doesn't know that he's socially in that... We how need to he... get him. That's the therapist's role. Sometimes you might have the Rebbe there. They'll give examples, and that's mm -hmm. where we need to educate him. We need to tell him. And that's the hardest part of all that many times a therapist feels. We don't want to break them. We don't want to tell him that right. you're socially inept. On the other hand, the therapist, if he's good, will be able to say, we're here to improve certain skills. So do you ever find something that kids like, you know, they'll get into it. Do you like your class? Do you like your Rebbe? That's the questions. Do kids mm -hmm. ever make fun of you? Yeah, a lot or a little. Oh, a lot. You know, if it's a little, it's normal. But sometimes if not, oh. And they'll go, the class is so bad. Okay, then what can we do? What do you think the class happens? Or how does the class do? Give me a story. 
Mm-hmm. And then, oh, wow, it was just by recess that they just laugh at you for no reason. And then they start asking, is it possible that maybe you made a noise, maybe you made a sound? And then you mm-hmm. start getting, is it possible that when they ask you something, you did something different? Oh, yeah, I moved the desk or I sat on the desk. You know, do, mm-hmm. I did something in that. Oh, can we discuss it? Let's go into it. How do you do it? He'll say, no, I'm embarrassed to do it in front of you. Okay, don't. And that's how you build it up. Also mm-hmm. to be aware of that when therapists work with children, especially when they're in denial or any therapist, we it's called we need to build a therapeutic alliance. We've got to first build a connection. So it might take your therapist three or four sessions just to get your son to feel comfortable to open up. Mm-hmm. And I've got several clients that are coming to me when I when the parents show, you know when they come to me and, and I tell the parents you're sending me this 13 year old, this 15 year old kid, this 17 year old kid. Know that you're sending me from the hardest cases, and they go why? They go because he or she is not. If a person doesn't trust, the person doesn't open up, you got to get them to be aware of what's happening. Mm-hmm. That is the hardest client for any therapist ever to deal with. Self-awareness is the number one key. And, of course, the Yata Deshmaya to help a person. Okay. <clears throat> so, now, if mm-hmm. I'm hesitating because of money, how do I know? I mean, I have a few hesitations. One of them is money. That definitely should be a hesitation. Um, because we have tried it. We started out with him last year with a therapist. She had five sessions with him, and then because of reasons beyond our control, it had to stop. And we saw a smidgen a smidgen of improvement after mm-hmm. five sessions, which I felt that if it would have continued, we might have seen more. And now um, we were really, like, a little bit upset because we spent a lot, a lot of money on that, and we didn't see anything because it stopped. So now we're thinking, should we start again? Uh, and I'm wondering if I should go with somebody on my own, find somebody, or work within the school. They have such a long day. I don't know how I'd be able to get him to somebody private. All right. But then so again, let me I'm just share control. with you my concept about money, and I guess I'm a little biased because, remember, I'm a therapist. Oh, that's okay. I am not against doing something right. that's for the benefit so of my, my concept child, is, even though... Is my concept about this is about a quote that I heard. If you think education is expensive, try ignorance. You're right. 100%. I agree. So let's recognize... Uh, that was my question. Is this something that I should invest in? Well, let me ask so... you, do you. Do you ever have or have you ever spoken to kids that say they hated their childhood because kids made fun of them in class? Being I've, bullied. I've heard of that, yes. Yeah. Being bullied, having classes making fun of you. I'd like to ask you, Nisim, what do you say? You're over here a parent and not licensed, so... Well, let me ask you yes. something. If the kid has days like this and days like that, how do I know this is... All right, so I'll share with you what I did with another parent. I had a parent that had the same issue that came to me, the school, and the two, two three rebaim of the past couple of years, like said that they have issues. And the parent says, I don't see it. So I told the parent, mm-hmm. you know what? Sit in the sessions. And it was older than an eight-year-old kid. And the parents go, wow, I see now what they're talking about. Session mm-hmm. after session, the kid is sitting in, an, in, an, in a not a proper way not responding in the normal tone of responses, not making eye contact, blowing like, <gasps> like simple stuff. Mm-hmm, and then the parent mm-hmm. goes, oh, if this is what my son does or my daughter does mm-hmm. all day in the yeshiva or in school, then I see what the problem. So if they're calling to tell me that there's an issue, then I should basically... Or ask, saying- even ask, was it last year? Speak to the Rebbe or to the teacher this year and speak to the Rebbe or the teacher last year. And I'm okay. sure they didn't correspond between each other what to tell the mother this way she should need right. therapy. No, Just no, no, go- I trust them that right. they're telling so, me but the truth. hear it. So trust them that he might be different people. I am a very different person on air yes, I, than I, I am one-on-one right. than I am in therapy. In therapy, i got to sometimes be very tough. Mm-hmm. 
at home, I like to think of myself as a little mushball, you know, but uh, <laughs> that the kids know how to get exactly what they want. Okay, then, then the last question is, sh- is this something I can wait another year till he gets into the next grade? So let me explain to you like this. The longer your son or daughter has an issue and they start believing that it's a fact, the harder okay, so it is to change. My, okay. Your we kid want to is nip eight it years in the old before it becomes a given. Right. And once it's a given, no, it takes triple the amount of time to change. It's not double, uh-huh. triple the amount. And then it costs a lot, lo- a lot more. And then the denial is completely new. I've always been this way. The, the, right. And that's why when adults come to me in their 50s, the sessions are 10 times longer than they came to me in their 20s right. and 10 times longer than they came to me by in the early years. Mm-hmm. So the okay. longer we wait and the more we believe, that is even the topic of denial that we've, like we've been discussing the last couple of weeks. The longer a person lives in denial or the family members are in that denial system, the more we believe this is normal and this is real. Mm-hmm. And it takes so much longer to change. What do you mean? My sister is this way. My brother is that way. My parents are this way. My aunt and uncle. You tell me everyone that's successful all live in denial? And you got to have like 10 sessions just clarifying, okay, how many of them have emotional fears? And you got to start taking it apart. What does anxiety have to do with our perfectionist view of life? What does anxiety have to do with the facts that we, you know, that we're busy berating people all day? What does anxiety have to do with the fact that we're quiet and we don't speak? What, what does not being able to say no to a person that they believe that that's the greatest mitzvah in the world, never saying no, have to do with any of the difficulties that they're going through in life, why I can't get a raise. And because the whole family is that way, it takes longer to change. So all I want you to be aware of is the longer the person has this issue and the more they believe this is who I am and this is how it goes, the more stuck they are and the longer it takes to change. Okay, so now do I need someone who has a social working degree or is is enough to work with someone who does social therapy? First start, start. I I don't send everyone to therapy. Anyone? just start. If the school has someone that is experienced uh-huh. with it, start then I there. Then try to work with them. Yeah. First. I always tell people the first stop is not the therapist. First place okay. is the rub. Then you go maybe to a, a life coach or you get to someone. Meaning I don't s- have to go to the highest no, point don't, to no. get to start with something. No, we don't go to a neurologist if we got a okay. little headache. You take a little Tylenol or whatever it else. And, you know, it passes. Mm-hmm. You didn't sleep. You go to sleep and you sleep a couple okay. more hours. You know, it goes longer. Then you go to your regular general doctor or maybe mm-hmm. you change your diet a little. Then the doctor says it, goes, it doesn't go away in two weeks we'll go further there's a process if, if the school mm-hmm. is saying just go to someone in-house right over there that's the okay. first step okay Harvinus, so what Harvinus' thoughts are because okay, he's a yes, parent and <laughs> with I, the I think it's very important to take care of it you know immediately the younger they are the younger they are because we saw in our experience and uh, what I saw in our experience that later on it's, it's as more I say that uh, later it's tough and it's very difficult to take out this feeling of uh, mm-hmm. a rejection, I would say, and yeah. it's become the rejection, created denial. That denial, it, you cannot take it out. It's not so. It's not so easy to take it out. And you can tell the person, no, it's not true. It's not true. But in his brain or her brain, it's just total opposite, 180 degrees. I had my uh, issue last week. I wanted to help some person. And I help him, and in in a really good will to do this, you know, just to help him. He wasn't feel he wasn't feel good, and he or she just translated to a total different way of thinking. Yeah. 
and uh, I learned my, my lesson. The way to uh, to L is full of good attention. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And this is something that really people are sometimes staying on the denial and feeling that the rejection is so deep on them that it's tough to get it out, and especially when they're older. And I'm okay. just and part of the reason why I asked this is because he has a lot of experience with the teens at risk. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we interviewed them and when he dealt with a lot of them, a lot of them believe that they're not smart. They might have a little learning disability. They might have had something, but kids made fun of them in class. And they created so many other beliefs about themselves that aren't true. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, if I hear that a kid is being made fun of for two, three years, to me, that's a major warning sign. Because kids really get their self-esteem based on the house, based on their scholastic um, grades and based on how they're accepted by their peers. Okay. And when they get older for teenagers, just to tell the parents, peers is almost more important than everything put together. The yes, teenage I years, they value their that. friends more than their marks. So if a kid has a group of friends that they like him, he's or she will feel great, even if they're failing tests. They'll say, so I don't like, I'm not good in scholastics, but they feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. They could be doing very good in school, but have not belonged to friends, and they could feel like, I, I don't want to get up in the morning, there's no point, I'm alone. Mm-hmm. So kids, that's why, that's why when you said that the yeshiva said, or the school said that they're making fun of your kid, that is a big like, warning sign that's telling me to really work on it more earlier mm-hmm. on, and to really start right away. Okay, thank you so much. You're very welcome. I'm Okay. All right. We're going to Ellie from Israel. Ellie, you're on with Mordechai and Nisim. Shalom Aleichem, Mordechai and Nisim. Is this the Midnight Rabbi, my friend? Yeah, I'm sorry it's been a while since I phoned through. It's so good to hear your voice. Wait, we got to give a little introduction to who's the Midnight Rabbi for those that are just tuning in for the first time. Rebelli, tell yeah. us a little about the Avoidus HaKodesh that you do. So the MidnightRabbi.com um, these days is basically... Ah, you're still .com? Try- <laughs> Listen, we, we got to get to this guy a little. He's still only .com. Yeah, yeah. He didn't get back to the streets. All right, so let's all of those of us listening, let's just share. About a year ago, a year and a half ago, I got introduced to this wonderful guy, the MidnightRabbi.com, or Midnight Rabbi at that time. And that means at 12 o'clock at night... He would go out in the streets of Yerushalayim and collect the boys or the girls, whoever was on the streets at night, and just get them off it and be around and make sure that they shouldn't be there. And unfortunately, due to finance, parents appreciated that he sp- could spend 15 to 20 hours with the kids a week. But when it came to give something, there was nothing there. And due to Parnassus needs, necessities of the family needs, he had to give up and he was only able to do it dot com. All right, Rebellio, let's go hear a little bit a update. So I, I put into action what we spoke about, and once again, your show's amazing, and Nissim and every, all the people phoning in have big courage, and it's appreciated. Um, but it, I, and that, that's the main reason I wanted to phone, is the chorus of appreciation to what you're doing and awareness, that it's such a hard, I'm finding such a hard experience that the, the one thing, the first thing was the lack of reaction from yeshivas. So I, I'm not not blaming any of them. I just couldn't get through or anywhere in terms of involvement with the programs, which is always the, the first step, just to have a support, which I had for many years for many programs, and some of those programs don't exist anymore. That really helped a lot to have their backing. Um, now, going alone, so I went into the programs, and 
I was some good reactions um, the streets itself I was in the streets I didn't feel like I was able to really this year really get access to the guys on the streets like in past it could be because I, I don't have as many you know students that I know this year as in the past and also in the past I was involved with music events and other things which drew a lot of ch a lot of you know students towards my my uh, events and then through that um and I just also the, the 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 pressures were getting more and more as I wasn't being successful, you know, turning it into any financial reality. So I had to keep looking for jobs, and I even went out of the rehab I was working at because it was uh, I I couldn't I couldn't maintain it because it wasn't being paid well enough. It was a, a difficult job, yes. and the wage was very low. So basically, I've ended up working for a grant company, GrantWatch.com, and it's just—I'm just getting a wage. So, and I appreciate it, and I'm very thankful to Hashem. But it sort of pinned me down from being so available. With a few other side things, I—I I can't really get out there. And I, I want to be straight to you as someone who did push it so kindly that I—that I don't know what to say. I mean, it's those Hanukkahs, a big night in Israel right now. It's eighth night Hanukkah. Is there some way to turn things around for the Jewish people in this area? Because I feel very um, brokenhearted, and maybe it's my lack of uh, talent or my lack of will. Um, I'm not going to put responsibility onto the Jewish people, but I do feel that, uh, that the reaction after the show was very weak from the general people. Like, nobody really reacted in terms of contacts or anything other than a few, you know, carry on or well done. Um, and why did you expect there, more? Like parents, you know? Elio, let's How do I turn it around? Um, well, number one, first let's recognize that here is yeah. the, the hardest part of all. Yeah. I've got many, yeah. many therapists that go around blaming different reasons why they're not successful. And Arvnissen says the same in yeah. contracting. Yeah. So the concept, first, number one, to realize is what can you do? And that was some of the points that. I felt that we were discussing that, like, you're missing some of that yeah. backbone. If yeah. you're not, if you don't see your value in being able to charge for the time that you are spending with the kids, and we said even $10 an hour that you're spending with them, but if you can't get that, then unfortunately your value and your, the effects that you'll be doing will also be very weak. Yeah. I mean, like one program. That was very blunt. Did, you should you should say, "Ow, oh, that hurts." I mean, I I, no, I felt no, I'm, that. I'm 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 someone who tells me that you know my weaknesses is someone who's my real friend. That's why I appreciate you. Okay, Thank so you. let's recognize. Um, I see a value to you of thousands of dollars an hour. That's the value that I see of what you do. But you need to yeah. create the value and the awareness to people. You yeah, go. I, I, I don't know how many people. Well, no, no, you're already going far marketing. You're already turning it into a business. Nah. Your yeah. heart. How much do you feel your time is worth? Understand, I would love to be up from 12 to 6 a.m., but I can't. Yeah. That's not the hours I would probably be alive, but after several days, I wouldn't. You're yeah. able to do it for months at a time. You can fill a niche that's needed. How much do you feel inside your time is really valued? If I ask you to close your eyes, in your heart of hearts, Rebellia. Go in there. How much is your heart saying you're worth an hour? And I probably hear you say, ah, I deserve the mitzvah that Hashem is huge. And when I ask you what's the monetary value, what number comes up? 
I mean, for, for a therapist or a professional... Would be I didn't ask a, that. You're not a professional. You're not that. Since you don't have those titles, quote-unquote, to give you yeah. permission to charge, how your value is because you don't have the titles, those couple of little letters after your name. How much do you feel okay. you're valued? So, uh, with, I, I, what, I put, what I requested... Not what, what you feel, request. What do you feel you're worth? I don't know if this help me out. Value on it. I'll be honest. Maybe yeah. Nissan can help us. Cause you know, we, we, I want to tell you that uh, we, right now we go to the, a very twilight zone. I would say, <laughs> it's like, what, what do you feel over the radio hours? Oh. The, my, what, uh, what I feel about our radio station, that what you feel yes. about, how much we can charge. And I feel that we're worth a million dollars a minute. <laughs> it's not a matter that, you know, that we have to understand that when we're doing something, and this is beside my job, and beside my, and at the time that we're giving here on the radio, it's numerous hours and unbelievable effort. And you see that the people don't react so much, but what I feel that we're doing, otherwise, if I wouldn't feel that we were here above a million dollars a minute, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't do the job here or put this so much time and effort to keep this station alive and kicking and beating the, 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 the air, air waves and the electromagnetic waves just because I feel that I worth nothing. I wouldn't stay here. You understand? That's, what, that's my, my feeling about it. So how much so, do so you... My, my feeling is based on the reaction to that is one color covered. I 100% agree with you. And it is worth infinite million dollars and no, that's based on this is worth. Ellie, I gotta cut you off. It's worth infinite, definitely. And my time is worth infinite because I need. What to do a, you, you know, feel? Not in theory. Family. Don't give me svara. Now give me yeah. tachlis. So, I think uh, I think practically it should be at least for each student like fifty dollars, maybe like so, for a session. So fifty dollars a session. Is that what's the yeah. price in Eretz Yisrael? What's the price that people get in Eretz Yisrael? Um, you, you, usually, it, it, I mean, it's hard to, to put because most people paid monthly. That's how it's usually done. Okay, so how much do people usually pay monthly? The monthly for for, for you know I've had in the past like a, different wages you know between a thousand dollars to. No, Ellie, let's to, do differently. Uh, Ellie, let me tell you the secret that I tell all the therapists that want to know how to make yeah. it. How do you make it in private practice? You know what the secret that I tell everyone is: start for free. I know everyone disagrees with me, and everyone tells me, "No, you got to charge more. You want to be, you want to make it, charge double the price." I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen that work. What I did see work is if the going value for a beginning social worker is $75 for 45 minutes, I tell them give a half, take $50, let's say, and give over an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. That's how I started. I started from my dining room. I had my wife leave the house with the kids, and I was very, very cheap for, and I gave a lot of extra yeah. time, and it took me probably a good five years to build it up with Siata Deshmaya. When I tell a therapist, start, give more time and less money, everyone says, I hear the idea, but no. Every single okay, but, one. Of them. Uh, can I just explain my block in my personal situation? That when I'm sitting with Bochum and I'm talking to them, and I, you know, these students, I love these guys, and we're connecting, and it's very, very positive. Cause the people, the staff there, or one of the dorm towns will tell me this person has not opened up to anyone, and you're the only person this year that just happened just now yeah. he's opened up to, and he phoned me, and this and that. But when it came to asking for the money, it's not so simple because 
he wants to leave Yeshiva, he's going to rent an apartment in a different town. Like, the, there's always more complicated things going on, and Wait, he'll use that money that's needed. With that? What is the problem if you give people, mm. you tell a bacher, I'll give you the first two sessions for free, I'll speak to you twice, because that's, we'll see if we open up, but if we continue, I also need to make a parnasa. Also, <laughs> you can have your freebie stuff. I do that all the time. I tell many clients, unfortunately, every client, oh, I shouldn't say every, almost every client somewhere along the line has asked me for a reduction. When I was $50 for an hour, I was told I was too expensive then. And my answer yeah. is, I do my chesed at other times. This phone line that we've got, uh, I have a huge amount of chesed that I do, but my 9 to 5 or 9 to 6, whatever my hours of work, that is parnasa. And then I might even give money to other places, but my parnasa has to be parnasa, and I do a lot of chesed other times. Okay. Now, well, understand... How, how can I, I time-wise, yeah. if I'm getting a wage now, I've made a commitment to join a company and I'm getting a wage. Yes. How do I do it? You can do, do it Fridays. Do you have Fridays? All you need is three hours a week. Okay. All you need is three hours a week. You just get the word out there. I am willing to speak to Bachram to teenagers. You have an open heart. I mean, I'm impressed. However, is there? I mean, you can just tell people, this is what I do. I give you one session free. You can speak to me for free for an hour. But after that, I'll be charging. Charge less, give more time. But that's how you break into the market. You develop the demand and then it goes supply and demand. I am okay. now at a level where I could raise my prices by a significant amount. I'm not because uh, I don't want to. Uh, but I could, based on the laws of supply and demand, I can be a lot more. But that's where you got to feel comfortable. You first got to create, there's a large supply. Do you know there's a demand? You just got to get it now to your item. Is it, is all these kind of things, is it based, this is one of my issues, is it based on an individual, my individual issue in terms of structuring and everything else? Rebellion. Let me tell you reality. what I really hear what's going on. What I really hear what's going on is you come from a family which are wonderful people, but they don't have business structure. Mm. You've, you've, let's say, become more firmer and changed your whole lifestyle, and you've connected to a type of people that are free-loving mm. and giving for free, and that's magnificent. However, at this world as well, there's Ava, and there's also Yira in, in Ava Sashem, in Avoida Sashem. Yeah. You need to have both. And you haven't mastered the level of year or the, the master of groundedness. Let's understand. Let's not look at year as fear, as people that are afraid and we're going to get punished. Yira is I got to get up in the morning because I got to pay the bills. That's Yira. That's responsibility. Okay. Now, there is a responsibility. I, I don't have any issue working hard. The issue I is believe you do. Right. You'll have a hard difficulty yeah. working hard when you have to ask them for the money. When yeah. you have to do that groundedness, sorry, if you cannot afford to pay, I can speak to you at my free chesed time. Do you know how many times I get okay, messages on a daily basis? Can I yeah. please ask you a question off the air? I would love to, but I get hundreds of those, and that's what I do for an assessment. But I can't answer your 30-second question, because 30-second question is really 45 minutes. Okay. So you've got to be able to say, I can give you one session free, I can give you for $50 an hour and a half. Whatever it is, if in Israel says, I'll take $25. Start with $25 for four or five hours a day. How do you think you would be financially successful then? It's little. Okay. It's not do the you amount. Not value, do you not value online, like, internet courses and things that go on online? In terms of I don't know. People, I, 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 don't want to de I, I've already learned to stop 
discouraging points. Just because something doesn't mm. work by me doesn't mean it works by others. And unfortunately, mm. people say they've got a thousand people signed up or five hundred people signed up. I don't believe those numbers either, because I know from inside sources mm. how many times they fluff up the courses and people there, and they have this and that. There's there's so much there that. I don't know about others. I can only talk from my experience. I don't have experience with mm. internet courses. I'm leading it so I could tell you the real money, the real finances. I don't have experience with that. Okay. I do have experience um, that marketing and everything costs money. I do have experience getting traction to anything you do costs money. That experience I do have. Okay. And is there any other way of approaching this other than me going to the streets, going no, to the program? No, my friend. Only Rebellion, we got to go. But all I will yeah. tell you is the hard way. You got to start, offer people, offer them $20 for an hour. But start $20 for the hour and just fill up your time. Help people. You got the open, beautiful heart. Okay, May we be zalecha to still have the midnight rabbi back out on the streets at midnight. Amen. Helping Klai Amen. Yisrael. Amen. Thank all right. you. All right. Yeah, so who do we have next? Mrs. A. Mrs. A, you're on the air with Mordechai and Nisim. Yes, hi. Um, I'm going for something else, but the um, last caller, uh, one before the last caller, um, about his son, eight years old. Yes. Just want to comment that, or give her a physical, whatever, that I have just the same, a little bit younger, but exactly how you put it, and it's exactly um, what I feel is that I'm not yet having all the help that I need for him. It's just that um, the most important thing, which I did realize till my that I shouldn't be overprotective um, on all his things and tell him, no, it's not like everything is okay, everything is fine. Once I accept that it's not fine, then automatically I feel that I prevent a lot of damage because the earlier they get help, the less shame they get of other, um, like he's a boy, so he does get, make um, people make fun of him. Um, boys make fun of him, and I just can't do anything about it. But till he will be helped with social skills and whatever, it will take time. It's just the less they have to go through this, this, um, this bullying, the better it is for later. So I just want to tell that lady that um, that she is just on the right track. She she should just start looking for anything, um, and it's not it's not it's not important like to do it. Right now, but at least she knows that this, this son, whatever, her child needs some Great help. information. Great information. And from your experience, that's one of the great powers of group therapy is when it's not from the therapist only, but when it's people sharing their experiences, it makes a big change and it helps out. So thank you. Yes. Okay, so um, calling also for another comment for the first caller yeah. that was calling about the bad mood or low mood. Yes. Um, I... Try, I think I know what she was trying to say. I sure. wanted to see if it makes sense, whatever, that people that are in the low mood, people that are in the quiet mood, as you put it, is the right word, automatically, if they are, if they are not aware, they turn into a bad mood. They turn into the low mood. Yes. Their healthy reaction, the healthy part of being in a quiet mood, not everybody knows how to go about it and what it is. They want to be always high. So... What happens when I feel she was trying to say, probably, or whatever, or what I think it is, that they have to know that this is the healthy, the healthy sign, that it's good to be in a quiet mood, because That's they try to run away right. from a quiet mood, they want, then they get in a bad mood, so does it make more sense? Oh, 
100% that makes sense. In fact, let's even clarify that more. In my programs, I have like different types of personalities that are out there, and one of them is the emotional personality type. And what this emotional person needs is emotional on switch and then the emotional off switch. And when it's off, we can feel very, and I say we because I am part of that nature, that I can feel sometimes down, depressed, and I need to tell myself that this is just at the off mood sometimes, or these are my warning signs when my body tells me I haven't taken care of myself or I need to go into my little seclusion, I need my quietness. I can do so much, but I also need the quietness. In fact, I would even like you to know that just today I read on my phone line because I shared on my phone line um, I was I was actually brave. I was almost a risk how people were going to take it. But I shared that I was having like the first night Hanukkah. I had so much expectations and it was not going the way I wanted. And I shared the way each day I tried something else to work on it plus, which has helped a lot of sleep. But I was just sharing that I can also have those downers and the different steps I've taken to get out of that. But someone sent me a message that I read it today on the phone line. This is in the question and answers. For those of you that are listening, it's 718-298-2011. 718-298-2011. That's, again, when I say my chesed and some of the free stuff that I do, that's a large part of that where there's a lot of feedback, people saying they feel it's group therapy, is that someone sent me a beautiful message and said, Mr. Weinberger, you got to realize how much you do. You're always going on that high, but you're forgetting sometimes that it's not just needing to replenish yourself you just might not even be acknowledging that becomes just normal all the output that i'm doing and that's really what i needed to hear that information helped me a lot so besides for the other steps that i've done to really acknowledge all that i am doing and it makes sense to not have that or to have a higher expectation when that doesn't happen to go down and just say look at what i am doing and that is huge so i appreciate that message of that person is that similar to what you are saying it's exactly. Yeah. So I appreciated that person's message. And to go back to the concept about that low, that's why I use the word quiet. And if people like me that are emotional people, if we don't give ourselves the quiet, we do turn down. We do turn in a bad mood. And we can sometimes blame others and think it's everyone else instead of saying it's the I message again. I need to change. What do I need to do? Because I think I heard that concept from the same place um, probably that the first um, person um, had said it, and this is exactly what, what the concept is, that people, sometimes you need to go into like like a cave, like just be with yourself. That's right. I have that. Yes, I have that, and I need that, and that's nature. And if it's easier for a man than for a woman, and if you have that nature, but know it's important, and you're helping your family. If you can tell your husband, tell the kids tonight, um, or have one of the kids or ask your husband if he can be home early, give supper. I just need to either be alone, could be in your room. Sometimes you just might need to go out of the house, even away for three, four hours. But most of the time, alone time, if you're an emotional person, does not mean going somewhere with someone. It means being with yourself, with no one, and just having the quietness. And you find that that helps you process yeah. and move. So along that line, they also say that when your husband or whatever the spouse is in a low mood, don't try to, don't wave them at the door. They should come out. And don't try to take them That's out. Don't right. give them anything. It, it doesn't have anything to do. It's not, being guilty will only make it worse. That's right. There's like a lot of balance the one that's, that's needed. Exactly. However, Miss, what do you say to this concept that, that, let's say that we're talking about that I, I am that type of a nature, that I, I'm a very emotional person, that at times I just need quiet. And if I don't give myself the quiet or away, I could turn in a bad mood, I can turn down, I could even be nervous and tense, 
And someone told me, like, you're, you're just not appreciating what you're doing. You're on such an adrenaline rush that when I get weak, like I said, over Friday night, I slept like 12 hours. Shabbos afternoon, I still slept another two hours. I don't need that much hours. But when it hits me, I need to rebalance myself. <laughs> you know, it's uh, something that uh, really uh, you cut me on, you know, in between doing stuff. Yeah, like, that's but, why uh, I'm just sharing. Uh, I'm There's just, a lot uh, going on over it's here. It's a lot going on. And uh, I said that, uh, you know, myself, it's it's okay to be uh, up and down. And this is very, very normal to see and to recharge the battery or said, you know. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I had so many things to say. Right now, I don't. I'm blank. That's also the quiet. Now. <laughs> right now, I'm blanked, and that's. Uh, I had so. Bemet, really, I had so many things to to apply about this uh, issue, yeah. and I don't have the answer right now. So I so. took a big risk on my phone line that I shared. That it was the first night Hanukkah, and I found myself very down. I finished work. I'm on the bus going back to Lakewood, excited that we're going to be lighting the first night with the kids. And I get there, and my mood's like going down, down, down. I'm thinking this is Hanukkah. And I had prepared, and then each night, one day I prepared, I printed out some like Zmiris that we'll sing that I know the kids would like, and different stuff to change it. And it just, each one helped a little, but it wasn't that. And then together with everything, with sleeping, and a lot of changes that were happening. You know, I remember myself, you know, coming back from the army, and the army, you don't sleep much. Yes. And then you just do that all the week, and then come home, and you expect it to go and party, and you're not know, doing all this crazy stuff, and the, uh, after duty, the weekend. Yeah. And you come home, basically you put your head on the bed and you find yourself, Mutzay Shabbat, get up. <laughs> and 24 hours sleeping, our soul and our body need it. Yeah. And uh, we we cannot live all the time on the adrenaline, all the time, just rush, 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 rush. We know that we have up and down. And this is the beauty about yeah. being a human. Yeah. And be a person that uh, not uh, not always. And this is our task, our 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 mission in life. Yeah. And to understand that this is what we have to stay of when we know that we are in the law. For example, when some people are angry. Yeah. And they they totally different personality. Yeah. They they're totally different personality. I know that my kids come from school, and if I don't pre- we won't don't prepare them the the, the dinner. Uh, immediately, you see that uh, my kids are different personalities. So you have to give them food and then come down and start talking. So we have to know our weaknesses and our greatness and work with this. And then even a minute that we realize that we have this kind of down up, trying to work with external, as you say, you have the list to do something. You have yeah. to think that. So make yourself valuable on upon yourself. Look at the mirror. Said you know. Two minutes ago, I did something great. I helped somebody. I did something. And work, continue to work with this. Yeah. It's interesting. I find how I'm telling you that I was down, like I'm so apologetic as if it's not normal, as if because of this, because of that. It's so funny listening to myself, going, why do I have a difficulty just saying I was down? Yes, I am a human and I am down at times. And my wife and kids, and I could share it with them and tell them, listen, I need my little quiet time and they respect it. And I have Baruch a wonderful Aishas Chayel that understands that. Yeah. I can do all that, but I, there are times I need to shut down. And not just, you know what? That's what we're talking about. That instead of going blow out and doing some right. crazy stuff, and people don't understand you, and so I'll share with you. Open, oh. open, open. The, you, know, you, you, you know, the things that we have in common, the talking. Yeah. Just talk, say what's wrong. 
Say something that you, you, you express your feeling and just don't throw a bomb and go away. Because this is something that it's not, it's not working for the humankind. You know, someone else sent me a message, also a beautiful message, and said, Mr. Weimarger, do you realize that when you're down, you expressed it, you tried doing tips? Do you know that when my father was down, he would give us the steer that everyone had to be quiet till he got back in the mood for Nehra Hanukkah? Or my father would hit and scream until everyone was now the way he wanted and I also appreciated that. Like, it was nice to get those messages to just remind me, yes, so when I was down, we still sang, we lit the Ner Hanukkah. I didn't have that extra oomph that I wanted. No, I wasn't upset. No, it wasn't any of that stuff. And sometimes, you know, we don't, we, I don't, I should say. I don't appreciate it. Even when I'm down, how healthy it is, you know? We're down, and, but how are we going to do it? We're human. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes, you know, we have to do a break. I, I tell yourself that if, when I see that all around, around me, and yeah. you're trying to make my kavanot in the... Yeah. It's very bothering. I tell you, it's very bothering yeah. when the kids running. I, I, sometimes I stop. I look at them, you know. I yeah. know that... Oh, well, not, well, that's a parent and, job and, to and do. Par- I look at them. That's uh, our job I know that uh, maybe they get offended that I look at them, but uh, this is, I think, that gives them some kind of responsibility to know that in a certain moment, they can be quiet. Yes. Can so I add one more thing? Yes, please go right ahead. Thank you um, for all this okay, awareness. Okay, so I think that um, this, this subject is real something that needs to get really like on top of the line because it's the quietness that people have to know when they don't excel themselves, but they think that their spouse or the kids will look at them not, not um, perfect, so automatically they... Like, they have to perform always good, so it's it's not safe, it's not right for, for for a mother, for a father to be quiet, to be low, whatever it is. I mean, not low, you say quiet, but um, and automatically, if they don't accept it, then they then they get anxiety, and then the kids suffer, and then it's a whole chain of whatever. So, That's right. Anxious so or emotional people get angry. That's when they yell and scream. Emotional people that don't go, let them per- permit themselves to have the quiet will go into anger. So that is the most important. That is what that first caller probably meant to say, that this is very important for emotions. It's part of the sleep that the emotions need. That's right. And I don't know if the Midnight Rabbit will appreciate this. It's just that sometimes um, he is he has very much um, energy to do something, but I think he needs the quiet time now to just... Um, be able to see what is like he's getting too much encouragement and he's still not um, getting getting it. Yeah, it's a third My time and he's not getting that, it. And I think he just needs um, everybody should stop encouraging and he should find his own way. It's just something I don't have anything against him. He looks really, really um, and he has really a lot of um, places to do these things, but he just first has to find his own um, whatever. Yeah. Someone just sent a nice message about that. Being an emotional person, I just became aware that the feeling that I used to beat myself up is because I couldn't use my logic correctly during a stress mode. But the balance is important to recognize that, to know that logic is very important, not just emotions. I sit and think what's bothering me and make an educated decision. Also, I was always need quiet time after being with people. And I like what they're mentioning, sort of what you're saying, and that's very much CBT and DBT. Those are the type of therapeutic tools, which is when we get emotional to start logically, what steps can we do to heal ourselves, to get out of it, not to stay in the emotion? 
And that's this why is I, what your phone line is all about. This is what you are talking always about. This exactly. is the underlying whatever that's it right, is. right, about how we can use our emotions and our logic, learn ourselves, learn to use ourselves and to be appropriate. So I didn't say now I am not lighting Hanukkah Menorah. I didn't say because we're not singing nicely the Zmir, it's now I'm going to start yelling and screaming I needed every kid. If I had most of the kids singing, we just took it the way it was. And there was a lot of logic tools that I was using. Exactly. Because there are many people that are emotional that we need to learn to accept our emotions. But at the same time, for those of you that have taken this as a blanket um, like thing, oh, you're emotional, so be there. Absolutely not. We are using logic tools to understand how we are staying calm in the moment, present in the moment, and how we're able to still function healthy and productively while we are going through tough times and in a way that, and I'm going to use again the word productive level, that we can still grow and everyone around us grows. And for those that are just emotionally unstable, I'm sorry for me using those words that yell and scream, you'll find there's no logic. And they need to put logic. When I get nervous, when I get tired, when I need my quiet time, not quiet time 10 times a day, that quiet time once a week or once a month, whenever you schedule it. So thank you for that feedback. Okay, thank you. And thank you're you so for beautiful your and you're following. Everything is going very far. Excellent. Thank very. You. Great. Thank you. Okay, we're going to Mrs. A. The number to call in with your question or comment is 718-683-5858. Hello? Oops, we're not getting a Mrs. A over here, so... Okay, we're going to Mr. F. Hello? Yeah. Yes, Shalom Aleichem. You're on with Mordechai and Isim. Oh, wonderful. Um, let me hang up my other telephone. Yeah, hello. Hold on. Hello? Yeah, we're with you. You need to shut down the other phone because there's like a delay of several seconds. Okay, one minute. Let me hang up. Hold on. Hold on. I don't want to lose you, please. Okay, we're going to Mr. F. Yes, okay. I'm on the phone. I know, but I need you to hang up the other phone. Hold on, okay. I'm trying to. It's not going... Okay. Um, I have a... a Wait, I need you to We can't have the feedback. It's going to be very confusing. You hung up the other one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank Great. you. Um, I have a, a previous caller... Uh, called about Yentes. Called about? Yentes. The Yentes uh, energy, energy, yes. Yes. So, I had a neighbor, I have a neighbor that uh, about quite a few years ago, they moved in, and it was very, very busy. I, I have some knowledge of construction. It was very, very busy to help them fix up their house. And it really backfired on me. And clarify it, how did it backfire? Does it mean that they took a lot of your time? It took, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of my time. And, and you weren't was, able to say at this time, yes, now it's not a good time, or I don't want to answer no, this no, question, or no, you need no. professional to do it? Nothing, nothing like that. After I was finished, we, uh, I, they were, uh, they, they did a real number on me, they bashmutz me all over. And I, many times, I was trying to call them to a third party to try to work it out, and they 
didn't want to discuss anything. They just wanted I should make up and that's it. I understand. And they want you to make up and that's it? Yeah, they didn't want to discuss what 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 they had against me. Okay. After, you know, they they uh, I I was busy uh, almost almost a year helping them because I wanted to have good relationship with the neighbor. Yeah. And so this neighbor is you know, I found out later is a yenta, and I, I'm it, it's really hurting me. And I was told already a few times maybe I should move away from him from uh, this cu- a couple. And I, it, it really hurt me, uh, uh, you know, all the things they said about me and everything, things that are not true and everything. Okay, what is your question? How does she deal with it? Um, I'm still not hearing a question, <laughs> a detailed question. I don't know how to deal with it. I really don't want to just forgive him. I just want to discuss it because I can't. I tried... Uh, Now, let's take a step back. Notice what is happening over here. They've hurt you, and you can't move on. You have a choice to either accept their mechila, where they say, I'm sorry, and we're friends, without talking. They don't do that. They just don't want to do that. I said without talking. The option they're giving you is just to be Michael and move on without talking, but you need to talk. So you've got two options, either accept their proposal or don't. But you but are they don't the... propose anything. They don't propose anything. They just, they don't want to say I'm sorry. For, they now, don't want let's, to let's take a step back. If they don't want to say they're sorry, what's it your issue? Notice, notice how I'm shifting it to you now. Forget about them. What's it your problem if someone says bad things about you? Or about your construction skills? There was no... um, I don't want to hear... I just want to take it to you. What is your issue that they have an issue with you? Okay. The thing is, I can't... It's very hard for me just to move on because um, my issue is I I was too hurt. Ah, so let's recognize it. Now let's change your question. I got very hurt by something and I can't move on. What do I do? Notice how the word is now I, I, I. Right, okay. And Good. That's what no, but that's a big to. shift. Okay. Now it doesn't matter what was done to me. Now let's just create the awareness even more. Do you notice that there are other places that when you're hurt, you can't forgive and forget? In your theory, you would like to, but in reality, you don't. Right. I tried. And it you try, but it doesn't work. Right. And when it comes, unfortunately, Yom Kippur, in your svar, in your mind, you say, Rabbi everyone, but in your heart, there is so much pain. Right. Exactly. Yes. Now, that, unfortunately, doesn't come as an easy answer that I could just tell you, do this. We wave a magic wand and you forgive. What I do hear you say, and just don't respond if I'm right or wrong, or maybe it'll be your choice, but just tell me if I'm 80% correct. You come from a wonderful family where your parents are so kind and so giving. They care about everyone, but they never had enough money. And whenever your parents had a couple of dollars, they always gave it away to people. Your father and mother always gave away their seat to Bismedrish or someone didn't have where to sit. And if they didn't, they would apologize why they didn't do that. They're always... No, my, the, they're always my the, father, Oliver Shom, I have my father's yard is coming up on yes. Chavez, the 40th, 43rd 
Yes, and yeah. let me just finish this to see because this way, and he's always the guy that gave everyone the good word, and he always yes. was mechazik everyone, no matter how hard right. it was. Correct. Right. Right. Wow. Wow. And how? So how accurate am I so far without even ever meeting your parents? Amazing. And now let's take it a step further. And in yeshiva, you're always the boy that they, the yeshiva, the rabbi always said, you have so much potential, but you never actualized almost any of that. You always felt you never got the right chavrusas. Those always the wealthy ones, those with bigger yichas or those that had a bigger mouth. But somehow you're never viewed. Um, I Maybe. <laughs> Compared to you, and you're also the guy that you always wanted, if there was a question, you felt you knew the right answer, but you never, not never, very rarely did you have the confidence to raise your hand and say what was really going on, what you wanted to answer. And then when someone else said it, or they were wrong, and the Rebbe says, no, wrong, and the other one's right, and you knew, deep down, you knew the answer. Um, no, not always. That wasn't always no, the case. No, you would be able I to answer. Big, you would, you would I be was able- a big masmid. I was a big masmid. I know that you were a masmid. My question is if you were able to answer the question of the Rebbe asked it in class. So you would think the answer, but not answer it. Depends on the time of Most my- of the time. Would you say you answered the question or you held it in yourself? Mm, I didn't hold it, no. No? Okay. No. So I'm off at that one. So, my friend, all what I will say is, and here, unfortunately, I will be a little bit promoting like therapy like, or like life coaches. Here's where you need a friend to speak to and to start working it out, the details. When we can't forgive others, it's something that we're really not forgiving ourselves. There are certain patterns that happen over and over where you're afraid to let go within yourself. And that's really a lot of inner work. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's more than five, ten sessions usually when you work on it in therapy about identifying why can't you let go? What's your part in the deal that's, that's holding you back? I'm trying to, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, so if I would ask you, where do you feel you're a little wrong with this, with this um, construction issue with your neighbor? They could be 99% wrong, but you were probably 1% wrong somewhere if you're human. What's that 1% that you did wrong? Maybe even that you continued when they started bad-mouthing you and you just didn't say you right. know something? Uh, yeah. uh, what happened was... Um, Without details, because we don't want anyone to figure it out. We don't want them to say you about schmutzing them publicly and all this stuff. So no, no, I no. just want you I, to recognize many times we're upset at ourselves, not because we get into the problem, but because we, we weren't confident enough to stop it. Nissim, do you agree with that? Do you have that? It's happened a lot of time. It's, right. It's it, it did happen. Uh, I was... I I uh, was told to stop, and I didn't take that move to stop. And they asked me mechila. Uh, that was before I even went on with it. And then when I was finished, they started all over again. That's right. So let's understand that sometimes we might even be upset at ourselves that we can't forgive them because we're not forgiving ourselves. We got all the warning signs. Everyone, we told ourselves to stop, and when we don't, then we get our angry for not trusting ourselves. And when I was sharing with the last person on Hanukkah that I was down, part of what I had to realize is what am I doing that I told myself not to do and I'm working on some of those changes. We need to recognize many times when we're angry at others, many times when others can trigger us, it's about us that we are triggering ourselves for not listening to ourselves. So thank you, Reb Aaron, for that. Thank uh, you very much. My I pleasure. appreciate it. Yeah, Hatzlacha. And Zagy Ben, thank you. Yes, Amen.
The number to call in with your question or comment is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we happen to be live right now looking forward to taking your question or comment, 718-683-5858. Mrs. A, you're on with Mordechai Anissim. Hi, I'm sorry that we couldn't get connected before. Do you hear me now? I hear you now loud and clear, Barbara. Okay, sir. thank you so much. First of all, your program is amazing, amazing. I, I, I feel so different since I got to know your programs. It's, it's really amazing. The awareness is something that I'm so grateful for to have. It's a real gift for me. Thank you. So That's... all the awareness and everything that I'm learning is really, really very uh, productive for myself. I so appreciate that. I, first of all, the, the fact that we're called by the last night, the Mrs. Whatever, is a reason that I hesitated to call till now, and I feel comfortable to call then. So it's a very good idea, and I feel more safe, and I feel better with this idea. Which idea? Can you share the idea that you felt safe to call about making mistakes? No, this, the idea of calling in with my last initial, Mrs. Yes. A. Yes. Excellent. So, you mean for Tznias-wise, that you feel yes. that's not an issue, I agree. Whoever gave me that idea, I thank them for that. It was a great idea. I also feel a lot better with that. Okay. Um, I actually called in about something else, but I do want to mention on the feeling low. I am a very emotional person, and I'm aware of that. And um, I, I was happy to hear that, you know, we're all like this, especially, you know, even the professionals can sometimes have their lows, yes. which is really amazing. And... Um, and thanks for being so honest. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, I was, uh, yeah, it, it I was it thinking courage. about that. I imagine I it get, took a lot of courage. Yeah, I did get some comments from people. I didn't really focus on it, but now that you mention it, yeah. One person was telling me, you see, you're giving advice to everyone, you're not taking your own advice. Right. Um, I think that this is something that we have to know that nobody is perfect. That's no right, and I, I, cho I chose not even to respond to any of those messages because I feel it's a even human thing. Even the people thing. that can give so much to the world have things that they are struggling That's with. Cool and being I think human. only as exactly. a group only as a group, Claudia as a group, as a whole, could bring Shiach. Nobody alone can do anything. So yes. it's really amazing. Thank you. Um I just have one question on that. I having my load I do feel that I, I I try to run away from myself. Being in the low mode does put me in a very uncomfortable yes. sad place. So yes. why should I want to go there? I mean I, I what what should make me be there for yourself. Okay, fine. I have the kids away. I have myself. I have my own private time. But so, why should I want to be there? And what do I do with myself there? It's just a sad place. It's okay. a place that I run, well, want to first, run away. Let's clarify that. Let's let's clarify. You said number one. In every emotion, there's a positive and a negative. The positive of emotional people are the love, the caring. We care for everyone. We love everyone. We're happy for everyone's simcha as if, as if it's our own simcha. The downside is we will feel down. We will feel others' pain. We can be tense. If you don't see a purpose in just repetition, you won't want to continue doing it. And that's the downside of being an emotional person. Part of the downside is that we also need to recharge our batteries. Now, when we're afraid to shut off, like we're afraid to go to sleep, like there are those people that are afraid to go to sleep, they need to do things. Today's generation is very easy. They got the earphones on the entire time. People are looking at their cell phone till their eyes shut. It's because we are afraid to let go. Now, when you will, if you will know when your emotional quiet time is needed and you'll give it to yourself, you won't find it so dark. You will see that it's not that dark. As well as if your logic cognitively 
as the person said, the message that we got, if you're aware that when you're going to those dark places to say, it's not real, my feelings aren't real now, this is just what my body goes through, so don't act on it, don't tell people, when you'll have your hour, your 10 hour sleep, when you'll have your quiet time for 5-6 hours, you'll come out refreshed and re-energized, that's what we want to recognize, that's what we want to identify. So mm -hmm. it's not a fear. It's only a fear for those people that don't want to go to sleep. I'm afraid to go to sleep. I'm afraid to close my eyes. Close your eyes and be willing to go to sleep and you'll see how you wake up energized. Try mm -hmm. knowing now that it's a healthy state for you that you just need sometimes a couple of hours. It means no cell phones. Take the phone off the hook. No way to contact you. It could do when the kids are out in school. But absolutely zero connection to the outside world. And do self-care. If you need to read, you want quiet. But chances are you'll only want to be with yourself. I, I do struggle with that. Uh, it's a concept that I have to learn, and I don't know if I want to go into that. I want to ask you something else. Uh, not really ask you, but just share something that I really gained from the phone line, from the questions Thank you. that were being asked. I mean, this is something that I have to work on, I know. I still am trying to figure out what does being with myself mean. Um, I think that's, that's something that I have to work on. Very what true. What is really being with myself? <sighs> what does it mean, being with myself? But I want to say something else that somebody called in, a mother that was saying that she really feels um, somehow meshed feelings with her children and feeling very overwhelmed. I, I feel that for me, I have an 18-year-old, and her challenges are very triggering for my emotions for whatever reason, maybe because I, I don't know, whatever, it really doesn't matter, but I really, really feel very triggered by her, by her behavior, and it really keeps me back from doing what I need to. I try to disconnect, and I try to not be there, and I try to feel that maybe it's her own problem, maybe it's her own responsibility, and I'm still juggling with knowing what is my responsibility as a mother and what is her responsibility as a big girl. She's 18. She's, she needs to start a life. Hold on. Story. Let's stop a second. Let's stop. You're going now to her instead of you. Okay, so How I, many I times have, I'm trying to find a balance. Don't, what don't is go into the balance. Stop with the balance. Let's go to yourself. By you not accepting your emotional nature, others will trigger you. It's I that need to work on, the me. What do you need to learn? So now let me take it back to you since we've had that class. Why do we just go to parents? Which one of your parents are just like you that they have a tough day? If they hear one of their married children has older kids have a tough time and they take it personal. My my both of my parents are emotional, very emotional. I'm and asking a meshed. Not that they're then, emotional, that their um, emotions are depending on your day or other siblings' days. Oive, someone isn't doing well, I can't have a good day. Which one or both of your parents? Does it have to do with me or a different child? It could be any of the children. No, it doesn't have to be only about you, but that they are enmeshed. Well, I could see it. Okay, so notice and I, that... I, I understand them. No, I don't want you to understand them. We're not here to change them. We're here for you to realize that that problem that is in the family is not healthy for you if you're emotional. Okay. It means every person needs to learn how to use their emotions. And what I'd like you to realize is that you were taught in a family system how to do that. But that part is not healthy for you. Okay. If your daughter, 18-year-old daughter, has got issues, you're supposed to be still having an amazing, fantastic day. You're, uh, you, you're meant to be able to be around her because around life we are around people that are not healthy many times or might have different natures than us so that can trigger us. And we need to stay healthy, balanced, and happy and excited. 
So there was a mm-hmm. joke that someone says a classical Jewish mother can only be as happy as her saddest kid. Means if someone's got five kids and one of the kids aren't happy, then the mother's down. And can I know her in today's days where we're having bigger families? And if you got now, can I know her? Let's say you've got seven kids and you've got three grandchildren from each of them, just that. You're right talking about the grandmother cannot be happy until all all the kids plus 21 grandchildren and son-in-laws and daughter-in-laws are all happy. Mm-hmm. That I feel that it's not so much that <clears throat> she has issues. It's the fact that, and she doesn't, and she's okay. It's just the fact that the way I'm looking at it, I'm like exactly. over exaggerating Ex- exactly it. Because something I we're see that about. is bothering me. That is exactly uh, what we're talking about. Now, who's the one that needs guidance, that needs help? Your daughter? I need help because I, I, I'm the one that's called in and I'm responsible for myself only. That's and right. I try so to help now, myself. what tools have you been doing throughout the years to balance yourself? Um, first of all, this is an awareness that I just realized. Beautiful. That this is what's going on. And that's that what we're I talking about, breaking overtaken. denial. That is my mission of the last four weeks that we've been going on over here, to create an awareness. To start, if, until we're not aware, we cannot change. Yes, so I'm grateful for that. Thank and I'm happy you. for the awareness that I feel overtaken with my child's um, certain personalities. And it's something that I, it does, it does put up a flame. I don't know why, it just... Put, it, oh, it I know why. Oh, let's acknowledge. Place. Don't just allow yourself to feel it. Allow yourself to feel the emotions. Hurt, angry, sad. Just allow yourself to feel the feelings. The more you acknowledge that you get triggered by that daughter or by that brother or by that sister or by whatever it should be, the more ownership you'll be able to take in and the more choices you'll have. If we deny it right away what I'm feeling, you can sometimes feel four or five emotions. You I can, feel blocked. Uh, blocked is to call denied. There's a lot more to I that. I feel angry, hurt. I, I don't know. I don't know what. I can't even explain it. I feel. Well, that is where therapy comes in. We help you start putting words, and we help you start once you've got an, an awareness of there's something wrong. The more words we can put to it, the healthier Hashem you can get. Mm-hmm. So that Thank is so what much. therapy does. We start creating emotions. Mm-hmm. L- naming the name is the next step that you do before you're into how to help we're not yet at the therapy process of healing we're first at the acknowledging level your daughter might trigger you about eight or ten different ways and you're just realizing it now you might just stop at three instead of if, instead of recognizing if you don't identify the other six ways you won't be able to heal Bye-bye. Bye-bye. so the first step is Bye-bye. recognizing an awareness as you got, next step is now recognizing all the triggers that you are having by your, by your daughter. And then the following step is to give an emotion to that. Uh-huh. It feels very threatening. Oh, of course it does. And that's usually where you have a therapist that's highly trained, a skilled, that's gentle and makes a safe environment. And it's someone that you can trust and someone that can allow you to go to certain emotions that will come up. Oh, I used to feel this in my past. I used to feel this in school. And that's, again, what one of the big goals that we do in therapy and why people go to a therapist, because it's a, it's a safe, private environment where you can look at some places, emotions that you haven't looked at for many years. Thank you for calling in. Okay, we appreciate it, and I appreciate the bravery of you calling yes, in. Yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Good Hanukkah. We have Mrs. Who? Mrs. G. Mrs. G, you're on with Mordechai and Nisim. Hi. <coughs> yes. Oh, first of all, I also wanted to thank for um, being called Mrs. G. That also makes me feel a lot more comfortable. Excellent. So beautiful. What a simple tool, and so many people are appreciating it. Yeah. Okay, so I've had, um, uh, not recently, I've had a few occasions 
where people were asking me sort of outrageous things to do for them. And it was very, I was being very, like, I didn't know if it's chesed or if it's, or if it's, I should, like, what, what my rights are. So I listened to your phone line, um, Know Your Rights. Yes. Which gave me a lot of chizik in this area. But what my question that came up when I heard it a few times was, how do you know when it's, when it's, where, where do you know when it's chesed and when it's, you realize, Mrs. Right. G, you've given away your entire past. <laughs> okay, and also I know you would away. say like ask a, ask a rav, but but well, that's the I, first I can't step. ask every time a rav, you know. I exactly. Now let me ask you: Do you think a rav expects you to ask them every time? No. What do you think a rav will tell you? <clears throat> think yourself. The rav will give you the guidelines. Now, what happens if you got the guidelines and you're not confident to implement it? Or you've got a lot of fear, a lot of guilt buzzing around your head. Well, I have two things that I'm thinking. First of all, which which part is chesed? And second of all, um, if I could hurt that other person. Exactly. And that's, again, what you're going to ask her of. So every time I'm going to ask her of? Oh, again, you'll get guidelines. Imagine mm-hmm. you'll get guidelines where the Rav tells you, if it's about, if you need to put your family first or you first, then it's not chesed, you're not allowed to. But it's going to hurt their feelings. And he'll tell you, well, then say it in a way that doesn't hurt. Saying no will hurt them. If they're the type that will say it will hurt them, now then that's not your achrayas. Mm-hmm. But again, you need to speak to a Rav. Now I hear the deeper issue. Even after you're going to be given the guidelines, that's when the Rabbanim sent a therapist. When they go, but I can't. Or I no, I could do that. If I know what I have to do, I could do it. Really? Yes. Okay, so I'll make a deal with you. Since I highly believe you won't be able to. <laughs> okay. Call up a Rav, get the guidelines, do it for two weeks, and then call back. Or even do it for one week, and then call us back and tell us, or tell me, you know, share with all of us, if you're able to easily say no once you have the guidelines without the guilt. Mm-hmm. My experience, which has been wrong many times also, tells me that it's not that simple. Someone uh-huh. being living with years of feeling guilty, and I don't know when, I touch, when you're doubting yourself and not trusting yourself, to just be told, now you can't say no. Ah, I see those people going, come on, you used to do it. What changed in you? I can see all those messages coming, and I, I'll really be surprised if you'll say, once the Rav said it's not anymore a gather of chesed, you can just stop. I could see myself having to learn to say it the right way. Uh, explain that. Um, saying it in a very um, nice way. Without, um, How, without Whichever way like, you say it. Without waiting till, till like that person is like on your neck and you have to just tell them no. Right. Just saying it slowly in a nice way. Yeah. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. The number to call in is 718-683-5858, 618-683-5858. Do you want to take some text messages? Should we take some texts? Yeah. Where are those? Um, let me see them. You know, let's read over here one message that we got. And also the number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And I'd like to read this message that I got. And I'm... Normally, I wouldn't say it's from a client of mine, but I want people to have an awareness that sometimes when you go to a therapist, they're not a mushy, 
fuzzy, cozy person is going to tell you you're doing good. So listen to this because it's also about denial. Being that I'm your client, I'd like to share my experience I had with my therapist. I remember starting off in pure denial. I remember telling you how my parents need therapy first and how my spouse needs to understand. I remember blaming the... Spot on the spot in my family, blaming my boss, blaming the school system, blaming my former principals. It was all your assertiveness that saved me, and I'm grateful for it. I realized soon enough that if I won't recognize just my role in the game, then I have no place in your practice. The reason I was the reason I gave in was simply out of desperation. I couldn't afford to lose you as my therapist. It's thanks to your patience that I am where I am today. So continue asserting this unique, powerful style. You're saving generations. Of course, it's more convenient to be in denial and blame the entire world. But if you come to think of it, what is the gain? Gaining others' pity? Staying a pity for the rest of your life? Yes, I still have a way to go. However, with this new perspective on things, I see life changing. And let's recognize this concept with denial. When we can face it, when we can see it, <clears throat> that is one with Siata Deshmaya, we will change it. If we don't do that, we can unfortunately just remain stuck in that level and we just don't see it getting better. Part of a concept that we're taught in therapy and part that we need to learn to recognize to deal with people is that we want to be able to say no. We need to say this is now where you got to get better. If you don't do that, if you don't know how to be assertive, it's going to happen over and over. We're going to take over here a text, and the text question is, is it normal for me to, um, you know, let me take it from your screen. Is it normal to be disgusted by certain things your spouse does? I'd like to go, Harvnissen, what do you say to this? It's very normal. <laughs> okay. It's very normal. Yes. Especially when uh, men from Mars and women from Venus, it's uh, very normal to see the different eyes and eyes. And uh, I would say that uh, this part of life, that we are not the same. Are you discussed from yourself sometimes? You know? That's right. You know, we're doing something that later we said, oh, how how could we done it? You know? It's it's crazy. How did they do this? You know? So you have to be Melamed Schut on our different spouses. That in our eyes, in this moment, it's become very disgusting, you know, but uh, later it's uh, it's very, no, it, we see it, you know, it's done it without attention and without things. And sometimes we just can say, as as Rabbi Greenfield said, you know, the Shalom Bayit said, that it's a way to, to, to remind, to remark them how, how to do it better and not just go ballistic. Oh, why did he do it like this? And how he did it? And that's. Unfortunately, we are living in a society that tells a lot of pressure and working so hard, and it's tough. <laughs> That's right. And it's the concept how to do it. <clears throat> I'd say the word disgust is a big word. Get angry, I would say, is definitely there. But um, the way we do it is how we're going to do it. Um, we've got Mrs. Mrs. G. Boy, G is the famous name today. Yes, Mrs. G, you're on with Mordechai and Nisim. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. My pleasure. Thank you. Um, okay, I have a question. Um, Baruch Hashem, um, I've been through a lot. Um, nothing, well, I don't know, Baruch Hashem, everybody has their packages, right? Exactly. Anyway, so Baruch Hashem. And everyone's um, got their lot. huge packages, not only yeah, little Baruch ones. Yeah, Baruch Hashem. So, yes. um, I don't know, but I reached a point, like Baruch Hashem, I feel like I overcame a lot. But at the same time, 
I'm just surprised of, of myself of how, um, like, I'm very sensitive, but I learned, like, how to look at things differently. Yes. And I'm stronger, and I don't let things affect me the way it, like they used to. But then I'm surprised myself. I'm like, am I a colder person now? Am I not as feeling as I used to be? So, I don't know. Like, I, I know that it helps me, like, continue, and, and I feel stronger. But at the same time, I'm like, hey, like, I don't know. Am I not as caring as I used to be? I don't know. Yeah. Like, where's the healthy balance? Well, I would say it a little differently. It's about not trusting the healthy balance and changing. I have an entire program about change. And that means that we need to learn to master change. Our friends changes. Our, where we live, we change. People now in their, in their 50s and 60s are moving to other places. People in their 70s or 80s need to go to assistant livings. Life changes. Now, do we want to stay with the old program because it was a positive to the old system? Or are we going to be willing and comfortable to go through the changes? <clears throat> Which means going from first grade to second grade, second grade to fifth grade, from being a teenager then to getting married. You're not as free, but also the responsibility is what's the beauty of it. Now you're the next level. You were very emotional. What was the positive to that emotions? You felt for everyone. What was the negative to all those emotions? I was very broken, That's very right. weak. That's right. Now that you're more emotionally stable, what are the strengths? Um, I'm not afraid. Um, things don't... Um, I trust more. I trust in Hashem more. That's right. I'm not afraid. Um, I only hope that good things should happen, but I don't doubt Hashem of why That's things right. happen. That's right. And now what's, And when you were very emotional, what, how did you deal with those stuff? Um, I was fighting against the world. Yeah. Trying, trying to change things that I couldn't, I didn't have control of. That's right. So notice that while it was so great that you're so emotional, you felt for everyone, look at the pain that it brought. Now that you're more healthier, balanced, look at the negativity that it brings to you. You feel more disconnected from people or from life. Right. So <laughs> That's balance. And many times I get people, they go, I wish I can just stop the process. And for those a bit more modern, like I call it the Peter Pan syndrome. They don't want to go into adulthood. Hmm. So let's recognize that Rabbi Shalom on purpose wants us to continue the process. And that's why this past second, I just got a second older. And guess what? So did you. And so did Harav Nisim Baruch Hashem. Unfortunately to those that haven't gotten older this past second. Right. So as long as we are alive, we are meant to go from one to the next level to the next level. So, um, so when I'm ready to accept and not feel um, the next step. that it's wrong for me um, to accept things and not feel guilty that I'm sure. that I'm feeling this way, then um, that means I I crossed another line and I'm getting like I'm healthier, more mature. More I don't mature. use the word healthy. Uh -huh. Sometimes maturity is not healthy. Oh, oh, oh. Sometimes we can oh, be just... too mature. Uh -huh. But you're now in the next phase, you're, you're allowing the process of growth that the Rabbi Shalom has put us all into, you're allowing that process to happen. We're, we stopped fighting him. Right. It's true. I, 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 
I am. <laughs> yes, that's the letting go, and that's the trusting him more. And that's as okay. the sessions, go, as life moves on, you get comfortable with that. Just as an example of letting go, I would use the height of davening of tefillah that a yid has every year is on Rosh, is on Yom Kippur at the Ni'ilah davening, correct? And the height of that is when we say Hashem Hu Kim and we say that seven times and Baruch Hashem Kavod Melchusa and it's unbelievable. Now, right after that, there's a Mayrav. And we still might be some on a high. But what about two days later? Mm-hmm. We need to be able to acknowledge that there is a process. We need to take the koyach with us of that ni'ila davening, but we can't have a ni'ila mincha every single day of the week. But it's funny because now I do feel closer to Hashem and I love, ah. I love to feel on you. Thank I you love. for sharing that. That's now a more healthier love to the Rabbi Nishlaylam. Yes, and that's also a closeness on a different way than a Nila davening, but it's still just as close. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I feel um, that I like myself more, and I'm more... That's right. I'm not afraid to get to know myself. That's right. So it's almost like saying you might like a coffee, you might like a hot chocolate, you like, might like a cold milkshake. They're all different ways of loving the Rabbi Shalom. They're all different ways of sweetness. And some people, when they're stuck on only this way, that's the internal control when we try to control life and the Rabbi Shalom and everything else. Arvindisson, what do you say about this? <laughs> just, you know, it's a few minutes for, before we finish the show, but this is the best uh, time to finish, you know, that we know that Chachamim uh, say, the sages, that everything is for good. And we many times we don't see that it's really a, a tova and in our eye gla- in our glasses we see sometimes dark world and things that happen to us that uh, why it's happened and we're asking questions but eventually in the end we see that everything I call a tova and this is the big chizuk that I myself learn you know I use time that I I always said why me why it's happened to me why things happened and uh and then I realized that the worst things that I thought it's happened to me, that was the best things that happened to me. And the, redirect my, my thinking, redirect my way of living and changing the really different perspective and give us a different look on the world. And today I know that uh, I call it over, everything I call it over. And the Kadosh Baruch Hu is a tov. And we know that I come at Hashem. This is the, my, my way of looking, and this is the, the, the really Yiddishkeit way. Yeah. That's true. I also feel that way. Beautiful. Thank you yeah, for thank that, you. for the question. We thank had a so nice much. text I wanted to address. What do you think of sending someone to an outpatient hospital for depression who went to many therapists and didn't help and is also on medication? By the way, how long do we have Nissen? Uh, we have, I would say, uh, two minutes. Less okay, two minutes. so we'll do this in less yeah. than two minutes. Now, I'd like to give some information. When people hear outpatient hospital, they're assuming, oh, it's a hospital. That's not what it is. Many top psychiatrists are affiliated with a hospital. That means that you work with them and they have different offices. When you say outpatient hospital, it's not a hospital. It might be in the hospital building, but they've got therapists, top-notch therapists, and you're still paying out of your pocket many times. Or, or most of the time, and it's not even insurance covered. Sometimes it is, but many times it's not. So I'd like to recognize this. I am a big believer. If you get referral that the doctor is in, the, is in a hospital too, or if that person can, whatever it is, or if that therapist will see you one-on-one, then that is very important. And go ahead, take care of it. Go to the place 
and use it. But in a hospital setting, outpatient does not mean you're going to a hospital, that you're being hospitalized. It's just that the doctors are there. And it's easy for them with the hospital schedules, the appointments, they get their experience in the hospital. They have their name, assistant director of something. And the hospital also takes a charge for that from them, but not from you. So if you're going to an outpatient facility, know that it could be regular, not regular, it's the, many times the top of the line doctors where they're supervised in this very specific structured setting, and it can work out excellent with Siata Deshmaya. Everyone have a Freil Chachanukah, Mertzshem, we continue sharing Simchas by everyone. Once again, a Malotov to Ellie and to Esti Stein. And Yaakov and uh, Esther Shama. <laughs>